And joining us now, it's a great privilege. We had him on the program a few months ago. And once again, thank you so much for joining us. The son of Martin Luther King Jr., the most prominent figure of the American civil rights movement in the 20th century. Martin Luther King III, coming to us live from Georgia. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Honored to, to have an opportunity. So Joe Biden played uh, paid tribute to the African-American community, giving uh, credit for the reason he was there to them, in fact. So what, how would you describe what this means for African-Americans? Well, I think what, what it means is there seems to be there's a victory. And this is just the beginning of where the work starts, because the first thing that uh, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris have to do is find ways to try to bring the nation together. Uh, that's a monumental task, 74 million for uh, the president-elect and 70 million for the current president. The country's obviously divided. And so the first task is bring, that's going to be a tough task, but also focusing on the pandemic, which he has already said he's doing. And he's also said he's going to be the president of the United States of America, not a, a blue state or a red state. So that's a, a very good step, I believe. First step. How significant is the role of Kamala Harris in the in the victory and then in the hard work to come? Well, I think it it was visionary of uh, the president-elect to choose her because it was the African-American community of South Carolina that revived his ability to become the Democratic nominee. And so in one respect, it was very clear that that the black community, as well as black women, most particularly, felt that we needed to see someone, but he 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 also uh, brought someone who is extraordinarily competent and qualified, running the largest uh, attorney general's office in the country, uh, the state of California, uh, and then becoming a U.S. senator. Uh, so it, it it's that's that's significantly important that helped, I believe, bring this victory home because you'll probably see that almost 90% of African American women voted uh, for the ticket. What is it about Joe Biden that has resonated with African-Americans so much? I think the thing that resonates uh, is people want calmness and stability and want to be able to have someone that they can talk to. Uh, If we're going to resolve racial issues, you know, some people maybe can't could talk to President Trump. But obviously he says systemic racism doesn't even exist in police departments and everyone knows that it does. So we automatically know that uh, President-elect Biden has already stated there are problems with racism in America. And as a result, the first thing is dialogue. So there's dialogue and there's the opportunity for new legislation, all kinds of things that will help us resolve this issue for once and for all. There's a debate about whether um, Donald Trump created division in the United States or whether he simply exploited it. So how easy is it going to be for um, Biden to match his rhetoric about uniting the United States? It is not going to be easy. It is a monumental uh, and uphill battle because I think there are forces that are consistently working against that that do not want to see that. Uh, We don't know if President Trump may run again four years from now is what is being said. And so the forces that exist uh, with in terms of media, radio talks, uh, uh, show, radio hosts, right wing mm. extreme radio. That's a huge force. And they're not going anywhere. So it's not going to be an easy task. But it is 
he's formidable. He's accustomed to building bridges. And so I think he's the best man. I'm sure he's the best man for the job at this particular time. What do you think your father would make of this situation? Now, when you say this situation, what do you mean specifically? The Biden's election? victory. Yeah, but, but Biden, oh, Biden's he, victory and, and also the, the reality of Trump refusing to leave office. Well, you know, my father, first of all, had he lived, I don't think we I think we'd be at a different place. I think dad wanted to eradicate from our society poverty, racism. And he said militarism, which I've changed to violence, poverty, racism and violence. I think that many of those ills had he lived and his vision been achieved, we would be in a different place. But if he arrived here today to see where we are, I think he'd be very proud that the country came together and decided we're ready to go in another direction, even though it was a slight, you know, well, it was, it's, it's over 4 million votes in terms of, of, so that's significant. But in terms of when you look at 70 million and 70 million plus, that's, that's huge in terms of division. So I think my dad, would, would look at that in two ways, and he would be very disappointed in what President Trump is saying at this particular time. I hope that people who are close to him are able to talk him off the ledge and understand that, okay, you have lost and we got to move on, particularly if you talk about wanting to come back again. Hard to match the uh, y- your father's iconic speeches, but as far as speeches go, how much of a first step was Biden's speech towards uh, getting on top of the problems that America faces? Well, I I think it was a very good first speech, and that's where it starts and stops. It was it was exciting. It talked about, you know, some of the areas where we need to address it. It it, it laid out a vision, but it also talked about its hard work. And then, of course, he gave reached out and provided an olive branch, not looking at red states or people who didn't support him as enemies, but looking at them as as the United States of America. That's what a president should have been doing in the first place. This president, meaning President Trump, created division, divided our our nation. And and that's very unfortunate. But not just our nation, even the world. I I think that many of the the global leaders have already reached out to uh, the president-elect and congratulated him, and many of them already knew him. And so it's going to be easy to move on in a positive way and maybe recreate some things that should happen, right. for example, in, 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 ch- in climate change as one area. One final question, Martin Luther King III. Uh, how long did it take you to vote? How long did it take people, particularly African-Americans, to vote? Well, that that varies with different uh, communities. Where I was located, it only took me about 30, my wife and I, about 30 minutes. But some people stood in line seven or eight hours, particularly those who were in line the very first week. I was in line the second week and like a middle in the middle of the week. And so, as I said, only 30 minutes. Um, and I was able to designate a specific time where it wouldn't be so crowded, but it was a consistent group of people coming in. But as I said, some people waited six, seven, eight hours to vote, and that should be unacceptable. We've got to address that in terms of the voting system. Uh, it shouldn't take anyone more than 30 minutes to vote wherever they vote. Thank you. Thank you once again Thank for making the time for us. Uh, that is Martin Luther King III. It is 10 minutes to four. By the way, coming to us live from Georgia, which had flipped to the Democrats for the first time since the early 90s. When we come back, uh, more audio in case you missed it. The remarkable speeches. It is Politics Central Weekend Collective at 10 to 4.